welcome to Walking and Talking and the first episode, which I've gone ahead and called Ruined Underwear. Yeah, Ruined Underwear. Hopefully it will go just fine. I'm not used to being in front of a mic, so uh, that's unusual. In fact, I'm not used to talking at all, really. Uh, I'm, I tend to be much more on the quiet side, so, unless you get me talking over a cup of coffee. Um, so I have my coffee here uh, and this microphone in front of me, and I'm just going to start talking about this passage that I think is a good one uh, to talk about. It's funny. Sometimes we we miss how much humor there there is in the Bible, and I think how funny God actually is sometimes, and yet very poignant and profound with humor at the same time. So this passage, and, and just some reading I was doing the other day, it's like, that would make a good passage to talk about, maybe even for the first episode of a podcast. So that's what we're going to take a look at today, and that passage is in Jeremiah. Um, now, those of you who aren't familiar with Jeremiah, or even the Bible at that, um, Jeremiah was a priest uh, originally. So, Jeremiah as a priest would be God-facing, right? A priest would be someone who more or less represented uh, the people to God, kind of interceded for the people with God. But along the line, God called Jeremiah to be a prophet, which is basically to turn the other way, right? The prophet is someone who faced the people and kind of delivered God's messages uh, to the people. So as a priest, as whereas a priest would be God-facing, interceding for the people, um, a prophet would be more or less people-facing, being God's spokesperson. And so Jeremiah is often called the weeping prophet, I think because he had such sensitivities for the people, being a representative of the people. And when he had to enter into this new capacity to be people-facing for God, there were some things that he had to do and say that he that weren't pleasant as God had to, in a sense, discipline his children. And so that's a bit about Jeremiah. But this particular account that we want to take a look at is found in Jeremiah 13. And oftentimes God would have uh, his prophets do things, right? physically do things that would represent something he's trying to communicate. So that's what happens in this passage. And it involves a linen loincloth uh, what we would know as underwear. So let's talk through this a little bit. All right, so first, this is go by a loincloth. Again, put it around your waist. So we wanted him to put it on, but don't dip it in water, right? Don't wash it or back then, if you dipped it in water, it would more, it would become form-fitting. It would then cling to your waist and so on. Uh, so he bought the loincloth and he put it on and then he said, God said, go bury it in the cleft of a rock. So, a cleft is a split in the rocks. Think of a really, really big rock or mountainous, almost hilly kind of just big rock, right? Where there's a split and over time, dirt and what actually would accumulate in that split. Um, and so, he goes and buries uh, the underwear there and then later on goes, digs it up. And obviously, by then it's ruined. Um, you're not going to put those things back on. So, then God talks about what that means. He, uh, he says, I'll spoil the pride of Judah and Jerusalem like these 
these underwear are spoiled. And he says, because we're, we're right. What is, what does he mean by that they're spoiled? Um, and he says that they've refused to hear my words. They stubbornly follow after their own heart. They've gone after other gods to serve them and worship them. Uh, translated in the Chad paraphrased version, which is not officially released yet, but who knows? <laughs> Sorry, yes, I laugh at myself often. I might have to cut that, <laughs> cut that out. Um, right, said another way, his people aren't listening. Um, he tells them things, good things to live by, but instead they stubbornly follow their own heart. Uh, God says, do this, it'll be good for you. But they're like, ah, maybe not. I want to go do this instead. Or, and so they follow after their own heart uh, in ways that are different from what God has laid out as a, a good way to live. And God essentially is saying, you know, that has made them out like this loincloth to be good for nothing. Um, I know that sounds harsh in the terminology that we use, uh, but then I think it was meant more, right, in the literal sense, really. They're good for, I, what can I use them for if they're not going to represent me, if they're not going to be my my representation in the world, do the things that I would like them to do for helping other people eventually be a light to the rest of the world. What can I do? There, I, there's nothing I can I can do with with these. I can't wear them, right? I can't use them for their intended purpose. Uh, and I think that's what what the gist of it is. And so he goes on, right, to say um, that he I, I made Israel. I've been nurturing you, training you to cling to me. All right, like <laughs> there's kind of the humor comes in to cling to me, like underwear clings to your waist. Right? Maybe you'll get it. If I bring the metaphor down to that level, the level of underwear, maybe you'll understand it then. Okay, let's talk underwear. <laughs> How much more simpler can you get? Everyone, I think, wears underwear. So let's use that as a metaphor, okay? Like underwear clings to your waist, so I made you to cling to me. But see these ruined underwear? You're not gonna wear those, right? If you don't cling to me, like if underwear don't cling, you're not going to wear those underwear because they're not going to stay up. They're not going to serve their intended purpose or work the way they were intended to work. So I really, that's just brilliant. I, I mean, God uses underwear as an example. So anyway, carrying on, I, I could get hung up on that all day. Interesting to put this in the context of just this running theme throughout the whole Bible, I, I think. I think oftentimes people don't see the connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Or, but really, when you take a look at it, there's a constant theme throughout the whole Bible. Right Back in Numbers, which was the very beginning of the Bible, or when I say that, I mean God's ex God, the recorded experiences of God with people where in Numbers, God is talking about, don't do this, don't follow after this stubborn parts of your own heart. And here we are about midway or in the history that the Bible records, Jeremiah talking about, this is what you've done. You've gone after these, the bad things in your own heart. And uh, I can't use that. I'm not able to mold and, and shape you then into 
the the good community I want you to be. Um, and we see the same thing more recently, if if you consider two thousand years ago, more recently, with Jesus. Right? Jesus kind of says the same thing. If we look at like Matthew, well, a lot of different places, but instead of using underwear, Jesus uses salt uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew five. Jesus talks about you're the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its saltiness, how can it be restored? It's it's no longer good for anything. It's good for nothing except to be thrown out. You're not going to use salt if it's not salty. And so this is just tip of the iceberg, right, with the running themes throughout the whole history that the Bible records of God's interaction with people. But there's just another constant theme that I wanted to point out, which is God saying, these things are good for you. Let me nurture you and guide you into being my people. Right? If you are that, if you are someone's people, you're going to represent them. If you're a, a French teacher's person, it would be expected that you are like that French teacher, right? In in your French and so on, in in knowing how to speak French. Um, and it's much the same with with God. If you are supposedly, right, that's the point. If you are like God or God's people, then you would be like God. But here again, we have people not being like God as God tries to nurture them into his, his people. Back to Jeremiah 13. And then God goes on to say, why? Right? I made them cling to me that they might be for me a people, a name, a praise, and a glory a people, a name, a praise, and a glory. And that struck out to me, these four things. And I guess without going into it too much and taking up more time, I think I think how we can understand that. I made, God saying, I made you to be for me a people. So one, a community, a people that, you know, these are my people um, that I'm nurturing and growing. And I, I would like to point out here too, uh, that this also usually uh, included any foreigners, right? Foreigners were more than welcomed into the the Israel community. They were to be treated the same. They could participate in the same festivals. Any foreigner was welcome. Uh, so it's not exclusive in the sense of you know I'm gonna only these people, but it is it was a very it was to be a very opening community, and we'll get into it more in potentially other podcasts, but. The ultimate goal was for this people to be a light to the world as a whole also, right? In the original blessing of God to Abraham, it was so that I will use you and your family to be basically a blessing to all nations, right? I'll use you and your family to reach out to the entire world, to, to all people. So he says that you might be for me a people, a name. And I, I think there we can think of that as uh, a representation or an identification, right? So a people, this is my community, a name be like, those are God people. I call it what you will. Those are holy people. Those are God people. Those are people like God. Those are people who listen to God. Those are any name you write a name, but they're identified as God's people, um, a praise and a glory. So a praise, I think of it this way as, let me put it this way. I, I think God wanted his people to be the kind of people who other people say, thank God for that person. I thank God for that person. Or, 
even if you leave God out of it, I'm so thankful for that person. And I, I think that's kind of what's, what's meant here, uh, that, that that people would be a praise, right? That, that because of the way these people live by what God teaches and such, what inevitably comes out of that is gratefulness or praise or thanks for these people. And that would be ultimately be a praise towards God. So they would be uh, an extension um, of God. Uh, that would inevitably bring that kind of praise. Um, and then a glory, which I think we could think of as a light or a display of his love, right? That, that people who are named of God, who bring in praise because of the love that they're sharing uh, and the works that they're doing in love, that is a glory it's a light it's a um a display right like if think of fireworks there we don't use the word glorious these days but all right if you see a huge fireworks display um you might think oh that's glorious um, but that i think sums up what i think is being said here that that that's what god's people were to be and in the end uh, a glory a something that brings a, a a wow of gratitude and um unexplainable gratefulness uh at the display of love that has come out of people who are of god so a people, a name, a praise, and a glory. Said all together, a people that he could call his own to extend his love to the world. I'll say that again, because I think, I think that's what God is saying here, that Israel and Judah were, were supposed to cling to me so that they could be a people I could call my own to extend my love to the world. Um, I think, and I think that's... That's it in a nutshell, and I think, I think God is is really sad and mad here at the same time that He's warned He's the, the His people up front. You know, this is going to be the way it's going to go. Your your hearts are going to be a bit stubborn here, so in things. So don't follow that. Listen carefully to what I say um, and, and follow hard, follow diligently after me, seek after me. And then, and then we can work through those stubborn things in our lives um, to, to live well. And in the end, we'll end up being a display of my love uh, to the rest of the world as well so that others can come to share in in that love and in my love as well and come to know me for who i really am and not these misunderstandings of me that are so propagated but instead israel has gone off and as the last line says but they would not listen and and i think that's where we find ourselves often too and, and certainly christianity as a whole does as well hence a lot of what Oh, that's a that's a different podcast. <laughs> well, here's a plug for JesusDisciple.info. Uh, so where I'm also podcasting or hope to be soon, but that focuses on being a disciple of Christ. All right, we're we're more so 
these days, I think Christianity is consumed with making disciples, and then the whole becoming a disciple gets gets left behind. But anyway, I digress. So again, to to kind of see the consistency of the history as it's recorded in the Bible, we see Jesus and Paul really saying the same thing here. Again, kind of looking at the consistency of how this doesn't really differ from the things in the New Testament or that Jesus is saying, or Paul. Uh, I want to take a look at another verse, which or another section of verse, which is Titus. Titus is a letter from Paul. And in there, there's a passage where, and I'm just going to read the whole thing. It's chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. It says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, right? to not live by the bad desires in our hearts, but instead to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing and glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good work. So let me read again the sentence that I'm focusing on here, and it's um, uh, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness, right? To call us back from living a according to the stubborn, bad parts uh, of our hearts, um, but to purify, right, to train up, to purify for himself a people. And there we have, again, just like Jeremiah, God was saying uh, back in this passage in Jeremiah, that you might be for me a people. Here again, we have Paul and saying the same thing, um, that Christ gave himself uh, to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are right, a people, a name, uh, his own possession, who are zealous for good works, a praise, which in the end and all of itself is a glory, and and so we we see that consistency of of the message throughout the whole Bible, which is God calling to Himself a people that He can teach how to that He can teach how to live well. And so there it is. I'm not sure how to wrap this up, but God uses the illustration of ruined underwear to say essentially, don't be ruined underwear. I can't let, just like you can't wear ruined underwear, uh, I can't use ruined underwear. It's what is it, what's ruined underwear good for? You wouldn't even want to use it as a, a rag, right? Can you imagine that? You go to, clean off the kitchen counter and you pull out some old ruined underwear and <laughs> I might have to try that right I'm just, my my wife will be like what the heck are you doing get that off the counter right, so you, you don't even want to use ruined ruined underwear for uh, rags to wipe off your counter or anything so you wouldn't want to be washing the car imagine that one you're you're out back washing the car, your neighbor walks by, and you got underwear in your hand and wiping off the window. You get some looks. <laughs> anyway, so there's the point, right? Don't be like underwear you can't wear. Uh, we we have an intended people we can be, which are, are good, kind, loving, faithful uh, patient, peaceful, trusting kind of people. 
and uh, and and God will work with us to and bring us into that that state of in, intended kind of people that we I think are meant to be. But He says you got to work with me on that, right? And 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 we need to listen to God and seek after what it is He's teaching or what it is He's saying. What is He doing and that's a listening and a, and a seeking after him um, and and maybe it's you know for some it's seeking after first is is he real is he good is he kind who knows um, but whatever your journey is wherever you are on the path i would hope that you would turn uh, to that attention uh, turn to that uh, endeavor in in seeking out god and goodness and kindness and love that that he brings and that he can bring us into and that we all together would would listen and that's that is the the sad end to this tale right it's the last line but they would not listen and that's where it all starts it all starts with with listening so i i hope your ears will be open as i hope mine will be too and that will all grow in our our love and and care for each other lord knows we could all use a bit of a bit of that these days so all right enough on that thanks for listening i put you through a lot here with my talking so uh kudos to you if you made it to the end and uh hope to talk to you again soon thanks for listening bye